Hello and welcome to the Surly Horns Podcast. This is episode number eight. We've got a pretty good show in store for you. Black Lab, what's on slate for this week? Uh, we'll talk about last week, the Baylor game. Um, and then it's kind of upset week in college football. So a lot of top 10 teams going down. Uh, the playoff implications of the, those losses and Texas going forward. Um, we'll talk about a few threats or posts of the week. And then um, we'll talk about uh, a blast from the past uh, from Shaggy. Well, let's get right into it and start talking about the Baylor game. So uh, I am just going to be totally honest, and I got to miss all college football this past weekend, which which sucked. But I did get to see the box score. I saw that Baylor came out strong. I watched the highlight reel. Um, how scared were you during that game? So, you know, it was funny. My I took my eight-year-old to the game, and every five minutes – uh, starting around, I don't know, 10 minutes into the game, he asked me, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Are you nervous? <laughs> and I kept answering no. And then it wasn't until uh, we punted that last time and gave him the ball back with a minute to go. And he asked me if I was nervous. I was like, yep, <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> this this could really suck. And I, I mean, I don't know why or what, we were thinking on offense in the second half. It just didn't seem – nothing seemed to click. And um, the first half we seemed to move the ball uh, so much better. But we missed a couple field goals, a few blunders, turnover, you know. And then it's obvious our offense is predicated on having a running quarterback, you know, because Shane's no threat to run. So linebackers can key on uh, the running back. And, you know, what kind of annoyed me was – you know, we ran a bunch of zone reads that uh, um, Bouchelle ended up handing off every single time. And I swear to God, if he just kept the ball once or twice, he would have gained 10 or 15 yards. Easy. And uh, I know he doesn't want to run and we don't want to risk him. But um, hopefully coaches kind of learned their lesson this week. We, we still got the win. That's all that counts. Moving on to next next week against uh, – or week from Saturday against uh, – Oki State. The mullet. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, you know, I've heard good things about Sam. I heard he's throwing the ball again now. And Yeah, we just kind of glazed yeah, over so that. Sam Ellinger goes down with the shoulder injury. Uh, luckily, it's, it's only the grade one sprain. Right. So it's looking like he's going to be able to, to come back for the Oklahoma State yeah. game. But what, what do you think about the commentary around – whether or not to to bring him back that soon to make a run for the rest of, of the playoffs. I think it's, I think it's one of those things that you just, it's a game time decision. If he feels fine and he can throw the ball and he can make all the throws and he can make it, you know, with zing on him, then I have no problem playing him. If there's a least bit amount of pain or he can't make the throws, then don't, don't play him. Let's save him until the next week. Cause we got Iowa state, uh, Virginia, uh, West Virginia coming up. And those are going to be really tough games. Okie State, you know, not not as good as the other teams. And I'd much rather. But it could turn into a shootout. Yeah. That's the thing is 
that what from what you saw last week with with Shane, do you think that Shane's got what it takes to really take the offense and maybe meld it a little bit more towards just being passing and and a pure run instead of a, a an option run? Yeah, my thought is that they'll have two weeks to game plan and they'll go look at tape on Okie State and what they're weak at and figure out something good that Shane's good at. And then, you know, kind of work those two things together to, you know, figure out what balls Shane likes throwing, uh, get him a bunch of reps with CJ and Lil Jordan, get him, you know, up to speed as far as uh, game goes. And then, you know, I think, I think we'll do a lot better on offense uh, next time because we'll be ready for it. I think the coaches weren't ready at all for, we didn't have a whole bunch of plays ready for Shane uh, in this game. So I think we'll be okay. What I'd really like to see is Thompson or rising uh, get a, get a series or some snaps or, you know, have a handful of plays for Thompson. Thompson is a, you know, real, a true dual dual threat quarterback and uh, let's get him in the game and run a series or two and uh, get some film on him to make Iowa state and West Virginia prepare for them as well. Well, and, and Herman, right. I mean, Mensa and everything, do you think that there is some room if, uh, let's say, Sam does sit where, like you're saying, they run maybe some alternate packages? Maybe we see a little bit of, you know, the wild, uh, what do they call yeah. it, the wild horn? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see that. There's there's a couple of plays we can run out of that, um, you know, zone read and, you know, sweeps and reverses, uh, other things that we could run out of that. I'd like to see more than just Humphrey just goes straight into the pile uh, play. Yeah. We did run the pass against OU on the goal line. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see, see that thrown in a few plays, have a couple different plays out of that. Um, maybe run, run the straight up the gut two or three times, get them all used to it. And then, and then pull Jamison or somebody on a sweep, you know, coming the other way and uh, change it up. You know, a lot of, yeah, I do think it'd be interesting. And it really does open up. You know, we talk about Sam and the, you know, there's a whole thread on Sam and whether Sam's the, the next coming and whether or not everybody's anointing him and everything. But whenever Sam's out, you know, we're talking about how creative the offense needs to be and how one dimensional the quarterback position really does become, even though it's not it's not that Shane Bouchelle is useless as a runner. But Sam Ellinger definitely brings a different presence there with the offense because he can punish you up the middle uh, if he just decides to keep it. He can yeah. punish you around the edge uh, or he can, you know, throw those zingers. Yeah, Sam always makes the first guy miss. You know, he has a great open field juke that can uh, leave people in their tracks. Shane does not. So, you know, plays that are 10-yard gains for – for Sam are three yard gains for Rochelle. And so it's just, you know, so much different on the offense. And then Shane just kind of succumbs to pressure a lot more than Sam does. He kind of panics pretty quickly. And uh, it just really bogs down the offense when he starts running for his life. Yeah. So how do you think the defense looked last week? Baylor does score quite a few points on pretty much everybody that they play. They're not a shitty offensive team. Baylor's got... Baylor's got 
a couple of guys that are going to play in the NFL. Uh, Mims and Hurd, their wide receivers, are definitely uh, playing on Sunday. You know, and so it's not Baylor of two years ago that was Owen. 11 or 12 or whatever they were um, this, this talent, the team has a little bit of talent and um, they can move the ball. They moved the ball against, they scored 33 against OU, you know, so they can move the ball and score some points. And uh, you know, if you had told me, Hey, we're going to hold them to 17, I would have pretty much guaranteed a win, you know? So I think the defense did good. I think uh, they maybe should have uh, had a little better contain there at the end uh, last drive. There were like two or three plays that we tackle them in bounds or tackle them before the first down mark or the game's pretty much over. And we just couldn't quite do it. And uh, so, you know, they, but they did uh, last couple of plays, they brought huge pressure. It worked. Um, Brewer got flustered and had to throw it away and, or not, I mean, he threw the last three ball, two or three balls he threw, he threw where no one could catch them. And I, I still don't understand that. So last play of the game, who cares if you get an interception, just throw it in the, you know, the group of people that are down there that he threw, kept throwing them up high and out of bounds. And, yeah. and I think a lot of that was due to the pressure he was under. So um, I'm, I'm happy with the defense. The, anytime you hold a big 12 team on at 17 points, you're going to, you know, chances are we're going to win, you know? And I think the same thing, I would guess the same as next week, Okie state. I think we hold them to, you know, somewhere between 10 and 20 points. And it's just a matter of, it would be great to, to if if Texas holds uh, Oklahoma State to under twenty. That's a testament in itself because they've been putting up huge numbers against well, everybody. They're, they're kind of they're not that great this year. They lost to Tech. They lost to um, they Lucy last week. Forget, but uh, Kansas State and they give up a bunch of points to Kansas State. So uh, yeah, they're not. This isn't an. Oh, their defense yeah. is terrible, but like their, their offense, offense is, is still, typically putting yeah, up. The, there's somewhat of a, con- a quarterback tr- controversy going on with them. They don't know if they want to burn the shirt on their freshman quarterback and bring him in because their current quarterback's not doing so well. So there's a lot of controversy in uh, Cowboy land. Um, but, you know, that's uh, – and we always kind of – old the old days, we always had our had their number that no matter what they did, we'd come back and win. Uh, last eight years have been terrible, two and six the last eight years. But, you know, I'll never forget uh, what year was that, 2007, I think. We were at, at Oklahoma State, and I go to the game. And then after the game, um, I'm in the bathroom taking a piss, and uh, there's a, another UT guy and then a Okie State guy. And Okie State guy – or UT guy says to the Okie State guy, hey, uh, I thought you guys were going to win that. And then the Okie State guy was like, Obviously, you're not familiar with Oklahoma State football. And, uh, <laughs> so it's just kind of that has always rung with stuck true with me that they're always they always seem to find a way to lose, you know. So uh, unfortunately, not in the last eight years against us, but uh, you know, I think I think we should definitely out talent them, and I think uh, CJ and uh, Will Jordan are going to be matchup nightmares on the outside. We should score some points, even no matter who the quarterback is. And I think it's going to be one of those 20, 28, 21 or, or so type games that comes down to the last, you know, five minutes, you know, they'll have. Yeah. And, you know, Texas has been playing everybody close. That's the, the one thing is they can line up against any team in the nation right now and really just take it to the wire is kind of the team that they're playing as. And I don't know that that you know it doesn't inspire confidence because there hasn't been no, a huge blowout. The, there hasn't been a 
favorite. USC and TCU games. I mean, we won by we won going away both those games. So, um, and then you know Kansas State and uh, Tulsa, we really took the foot off the gas and just kind of decided to grind it out. And I think uh, Tom may have or Mensa's may have learned a few lessons from that and may try to you know score a few more points this week. I know last week. You know, it was kind of, and I think the his thing is, let's not turn the ball over. Let's not give them a short field to work with. Let's let's try to plow them into the ground. And if you look at the last drives of the TCU and Kansas State games, you know, we drove the ball down the field with we got four or five minutes left, and we got the ball and we ran out the clock. And oh yeah, I mean, just just took the ball. Yeah, I mean, just took the game and said, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna end the game. It's on our turn. We're gonna run it down your fucking throat you try to exactly and uh, and we did so you know there's something to be said about that and all that matters in the end is the win there's no style points although i guess there is kind of style points at college football (laughs) there you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about that with the playoff thing but there there is less style points for sure uh the polls do matter especially whenever you're talking about point spreads and things like that but Getting into the the playoff conversation, really, they they have started to reward runaway victories a little bit less, unless it's a tiebreaker type scenario where they're looking at two teams specifically to be on the bubble last yeah, one in remember. type situation. Right. Which Texas right. may right. find I, I themselves. I can't remember in. any any controversy the last couple of years. I think two thousand eight is the last time I really remember. You know, all the people saying, "Oh, Oklahoma's beating these teams by you know they're sixty six to thirteen or whatever." And, as they were leaving their starters in, you know, and running up the scores. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's as big now as it was back then. Yeah. Last week, uh, very interesting week. Uh, oh, LSU man. beats Georgia. Crazy week last week. It was like the worst, it was the worst week for me to not watch any college football. <laughs> yeah. LSU knocks off Georgia, number two. Iowa State knocks off number six, West Virginia. Um, Oregon knocks off number seven, Washington, Michigan state knocks off number eight, Penn state. And Hey, looky here, Texas, number nine, uh, beats Baylor and moves up two more spots. So, uh, kind of a, a moving week for, for Texas, you know, that we moved up a couple spots and now, uh, it hadn't really occurred to me before, but now, I mean, after you kind of did, but now that we beat Baylor and things are normal college football, things are starting to happen. I'm starting to think, you know, Texas wins out. We're going to the playoff. Yeah, I mean, and I have to agree that Texas wins out and there's definitely a conversation that that is happening for them being in the playoff. I think there's a few things that could happen, uh, like Notre Dame winning out that prevent a, a Texas from going in just because Notre Dame's strength of schedule is, you know, they do it on purpose. They're the independent. They play the best of everybody. They play cross conference. They have a really, really good story to tell whenever they're trying to get into this playoff. But Texas winning out, beating OU twice, and at that point, OU has to win out to really get back to to the playoff. And for them to both play again as top 10 teams and then Texas to take a win off of Oklahoma as two top 10 teams play again, that you, you, you have to give the nod to Texas because... Who, who's Notre Dame knocking off top 10? Albeit Texas did it twice to the same team, and we're, we're just talking theoretical here, that on, on a resume has to look stronger 
than just beating everybody, even though it's cross conference and everything. Right. And you look at the, you know, Texas is seven right now. You look at the top six and it's, there's Alabama and LSU, Alabama at one, LSU at five. They're playing each other here shortly. Uh, Ohio State two, Michigan six. They're playing each other. So there's two guaranteed losses above us. Boom, we're up to number five. And then we're looking at Alabama, winner of Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame. And so one of those. Yeah, teams- I mean, Clemson does not have an easy game this week. I mean, we've got an NC State team that is on fire looking to upset Clemson. And, and it's definitely possible. Clemson hasn't been playing the greatest They're of football. Not, I think yeah. that really, 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 really shakes up the playoff talk if Clemson drops this game. Yeah, the, you know, every year everybody's like, oh, what if there's three or four undefeated teams? And it's like, it, that's never going to happen. You know, every year people talk about, oh, there's going to be six undefeated teams. Well, it's that doesn't happen. You know, so I pretty much guarantee a loss between Clemson, Notre Dame, you know, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan. There's going to be a loss or two uh in there well there's a guaranteed loss for ohio state michigan exactly somebody's losing yeah and then michigan is going to be lucky to go to michigan state and and take that win that's going to be fucking crazy we might be moving up a spot without playing anybody this week so um you know notre dame i mean they struggled to beat Pitt, and uh so you know they're they don't they have a usc coming up and usc actually looked pretty damn good the other night against uh colorado who was undefeated up to that point, and they pretty much ran him out of the Coliseum. So uh, USC is actually looking somewhat better than they were earlier in the year. And, you know, they'll probably end up being the South champs of uh, uh, Pac-12, South champs, and they'll probably play Wazoo again in the uh, championship game. But um, they they have a date coming up with Notre Dame. So there's definitely a game on the schedule that Notre Dame could lose uh, at USC. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's going to be a tough game. That's always a tough game. That's one of those great rivalry games exactly. as well. Exactly. Kind of throw out the records and um, play it and see what happens. Uh, so, so there's a lot of a lot of ifs, buts, what have you, you know, still still to come. And, you know, college football, everybody's like, oh, everybody's going to stay undefeated. No, they're not. Everybody's going to lose at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and anybody really can lose. A, a lot of these teams with, uh, you know, with the exception of really Alabama – are a key injury or two away from their playoff hopes just kind of disintegrating Absolutely. in front of their face. Um, Clemson quarterback gets hurt. Uh, Ohio State suffers a couple injuries. They already lost Bosa, their best defensive lineman. Um, you know, Notre Dame, who knows? LSU, they lose their quarterback. They're back to being garbage. Yeah, they're toast. And yeah, they're, so, they're yeah, just everybody's, garbage. Everybody's on the edge, and uh, we'll see what happens. But should be, you know, this is a, the great thing about college football, the thing that makes my favorite sport is – who knows what's going to happen the next couple of weeks. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing for sure, Texas isn't going to take the field. Yes. This week. <laughs> We're not losing this week. That's yeah. the only thing that's a known quantity is that this could be another good moving week for Texas moving yeah. up in the polls. All right. So, uh, so you staying dry over yeah, there. So Black I'm Black? actually up on a hill. I am, I am less than a mile. I mean, I can, I can attest to the fucking hill um, that you're on. Yeah, that thing. Uh, <laughs> I think there's about a hundred feet of elevation change in my lot. So uh, there's, I'm only about a half mile or so from Lake Austin, um, just south of the lake, uh, off of uh, Bee Cave and Cornavaca, and less than a half mile from the lake. And uh, 
and somebody had posted the uh, the flood maps or what happens when uh, the the dams burst here in Austin, uh, both the Mansfield Dam that, that separates Travis from Austin and then uh, Tom Miller that separates Austin from uh, Town Lake. And uh, so I immediately looked at the maps. I was like, oh man, am I in that, in that flood plane? And, um, and then it only showed downtown Austin. So I had to go find find the map for uh, my neighborhood. And luckily I am, I am high and dry. Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah, you're going to be good. Um, but there is, you know, Stevie Ray <laughs> definitely going to be <laughs> underwater probably, yeah. probably today. There was a funny picture. Um, for those of you who don't follow the, the 2018 rain thread, it's a pretty good time to be in there. Lots of really cool stuff. Um, some guys that know the deep bowels of where to search for on the LCRA website to find all kinds of stuff. Um, th- there is some very interesting statistics on what's going on with this rain and, and the ground saturation levels. And, um, you know, Mansfield Dam right now is uh, four spillways open. I think they were opening some more today. We've got more water coming out than uh, every year except for the 91 flood. And it's steady state over 700 feet. Um, so it, it came up almost 60 feet in a single day from six, some from full pool at 640 all the way up over 700, which is really when the danger zone starts happening, where those spillways start opening, even though, you know, Lake Austin supposed to be that constant level lake, they start opening those up and, and some of those things get flooded. Uh, I was watching the news last night and I couldn't believe that there wasn't some service that somebody just spun up that was going to go pick up boats <laughs> out of Lake Austin uh, for all these idiots that don't have trailers because, well, you think you just buy a boat, you're going to put it on Lake Austin. It just stays in the slip. You don't need to move it ever. But, you know, in the event of something like this, you, you that boat's going to be crushed uh, in that yeah, lift. We'll see what happens. In. The uh, I'm wondering how high it's going to get. We have, you know, the people down the street from us are on the lake and uh, there's a lot of, um, tension in the neighborhood about who's going to get flooded and who's going to uh, lose their dock or, or other things. There's been a few docks floating down Lake Austin. Oh man. Talk about things floating down the, the yeah, 2900 uh, bridge in Kingsland just completely collapsed and washed away. Those people are hurting pretty bad. A lot of those people, I've got some family friends that had a, a lake cabin there. That, mm-hmm. the, that's a total loss. Um, luckily they had an insurance on the boat. Uh, they had a pretty nice boat, so they'll, they'll get that back. But the, just a lot of, a lot yeah, of destruction I've been across the bridge a bunch of times, on. uh, going up there to Kingsland play golf. And, um, yeah, it's hard to believe that that bridge is gone and, you know, it's gotta be awkward for the people on the South side of that bridge. Cause the, you know, the only grocery store within 10 miles is, is across the bridge. So they're going to have a long ways to go, uh, to get around, you know, got to go all the way down to Marble Falls. Marble Falls, yeah. To get around now, so um, it's got to be a traffic nightmare in Marble Falls, and yeah, just the upheaval for the people up there have just been been horrible. Yeah, so, so hopefully all the, the the surly people have been staying dry and staying safe. If you guys need any help, start a thread. Yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do to help you guys out. Did you go down to um, Wimberley a couple of years ago when the somebody had a house? They would have flooded and like a group of about 10 guys went down and helped clean up. I did not. Okay. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I so, think I was still living in Crested Butte when that all went down. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I remember when we had the flooding. I remember a couple of people, a bunch of people went down and helped clean up for a day. So, all right. Um, so, what was the uh, what was the highest ranked post of the week? So, funny enough, the highest ranked post this week was a post from our co-host Black Lab in the 2019 recruiting thread. And uh, you want to you want to read the post? Next mention of rep or non-recruiting shit post is taking a fucking vacation. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like there was some dick measuring and uh, some some rep dick measuring going on in that thread. Oh, that thread just... Um, I mean, I'm addicted to it because I, I love following recruiting, but God, it can be such a beating. Uh, it gets so far off tangent. And uh, it, it's kind of the turns into the everything catch-all thread both, you know, current football, past football and everything in between. And people try to tie, you know, something from two years ago to this year's recruits or whatever. And then they talk about two years ago recruiting for a page or two. And so it just always becomes a mess. And, and that one happened to be uh, a big argument over rep and who, who has the most rep and all that shit. And so like, who fucking cares? It's goddamn. Yeah. It's not like goddamn money or something you can go spend somewhere. It's fucking, you know, points on a people live and die by the 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 recruiting board right now though you know we suffered we suffered a a loss uh, one of the ham socks radiology horn (laughs) casualty of of crowdsource banning yeah Uh, but then the the post that finished second uh was from uh radical larry and uh somebody had posted that um we need we need to find another. Show me that photograph. <laughs> Somebody posted, we need a nickel back in the worst way. And Radical Larry posts, look at this photograph and post a photograph of the band Nickelback. <laughs> and uh, got 28 people reacted to it. So, yeah, it's, uh, that was a great, great post. I laughed out loud when I saw that uh, the first time. So, yeah, that's, that was a great post. Well, awesome. So, uh, we did want to tell a story from the old board some good times had by all and so this this story it has it it was a saga that went on for nearly a year and a half um definitely a year and it didn't really heat up too much until about nine months into the story and so what we're talking about is the origin of both tacos and now and salad uh, salad and salad and uh, what else? But yeah, so he, so Roman was a dishwasher at a Denny's, I believe, and it wasn't. It was and Denny's. He texted somebody. Uh, I want to say Skipper, Skipper J. J. That's what I was thinking. It was Skipper. It was Skipper texted J. Skipper J. And said, "What did he say? Something like uh, uh, send pics. Do you send yeah. nudes or send pics or do you want to see my yeah. dick or something?" something. And there's probably some chick who gave him a fake number based on the future events. Uh, I would guess that some chick gave him a fake number who just happened to be Skipper Jay's number. And of course, Skipper Jay, you know, being the, uh, the guy he is, um, text back and then they start a conversation and, and then just all hell breaks loose. 
Yeah. So that the conversations going back and forth on what he needed to do and where they should meet up and giving him. Uh, so Roman gave his address and then pictures of this front of his house and then told <laughs> told him to bring how many tacos do you want? Well, both tacos. <laughs> yeah. well, can we go get something nice to eat? How about a nice salad? S-A-L-E-T. So. Oh, my God. And so Roman is clearly uh, somebody who is not all there. Um, he's not so much special needs as much as he, you know, he's kind of uh, a little bit down on his I, luck I'd in, say his in the intellectual I'd say his needs are kind of special. Uh, you know, he seems to need to get laid uh, very badly. Yeah, he definitely needed um, to get laid. So the the story evolves and just keeps going and going and there's more to this saga but finally uh you wouldn't think that it would be this hard to get dick pics from a guy that was like just so fucking thirsty but it took nearly 9 months to get a dick pic from Roman and that really just sent the thread to you know rocket ship levels on a different level um and th- this was uh all happening that happened all after the the Blake Gideon at Denny's picture yeah. was taken, wasn't it? That was all happening kind yeah, of at the same, same time, time. That that happened, yeah. So, uh, so next week's podcast, we'll uh, we'll we're gonna have a special guest that was uh, in the middle of all that drama, um, and uh, a good buddy of mine will be on, and we'll talk um, more about that. I think his Longhorn Ten is his uh, his handle, but he doesn't post that much, but good buddy of mine, real life, um, Brett. And, uh, we'll talk some more about, he actually went to Denny's and met up with Roman in the middle of all that. Yeah. And I do have to, to give credit to Longhorn 10 to, to Brett. He did get me. He's the one that, that got me into nice bourbons. We, we met up at 10 Oak one night, uh, per his suggestion and I got hooked on, on some nice nice bourbon. Okay. Well, we got our, uh, and our thing for next week, and uh, that about wraps up this week, I believe. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, thanks to everybody that donates. We couldn't do this without you guys. <laughs>